mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. is episode 12 and Ruth and I have missed three days of running. Ruth, I'm really sorry, friend. (laughs) It's all my fault. You are in the middle of a class. Yeah. And mine is getting ready to start, but you cranked out a paper and sometimes life takes over. So it was, it was either like, don't get enough sleep or don't get enough writing done. And I decided I was going to do a little bit of both and skip the running. So we had the, what that means for us is that we have a lot that we haven't talked about, like three full days of teaching that we haven't. Right, you have five hashed, full days of yeah, teaching, yeah, that we haven't hashed out. So Ruth's going to go first and talk about what she did to introduce exponents, and then I'll talk about um, our transition from talk, from going to decimal place value into adi- adding decimals. That's kind of what we've been working on the last few cool. days. So you go first. So. We're back after break. We've had an exam. And I have to be honest, I'm a little jealous that you got to do two days. Yeah. And then have a weekend. It was good. Because I'm on day four of being back and the kids are tired and Mm -hmm. I'm tired. And so I wanted to do something. You always want to do something engaging. And I had to introduce exponents. Um, I did reach out on Twitter. I didn't get a whole lot, Mm -hmm. which I'm surprised because I ended up finding a three-act task by our friends, uh, John Orr. Okay. And unfortunately, they're from Canada, but the whole thing of their three-act task was money. And so I just took their idea uh, and changed it okay. to coin so I wouldn't have to explain in every class, these are Canadian pennies, they're worth the same thing. Yeah. Um, but the question that I posed to the class was, would you rather have a penny per day or a $10 bill? And I got for how for how long? Well, that is the point of the whole thing is I said, use mathematical reasoning to answer it. And so kids were saying to me, how long do you get it? Do you get you only get the penny per day? And that sounds like a good question to me. Mm -hmm. When would you change your mind? Okay. so we came to the conclusion that most of us would just take ten dollars because you don't want to wait three years. Or. Almost three years to get $10 because really? a penny okay. a day is a thousand days and there's 365. Okay. So there was a lot of math going on and kids who hadn't done the math were kind of looking at me like, oh, a thousand days, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. So then it said, what if I gave you a penny on day one and I doubled the amount you got each day? Okay. Then would you rather have a penny or a $10 bill? And at that point... Most of them were still choosing the $10 bill because it was just easier and they didn't want to wait. And so I forced them to, because we were back from break and nobody wanted to just do the math. So I forced them to do a ratio table where they did day one and we got one penny and day two we got two pennies. Are you are you receiving that many pennies on that day? Yes. And you know what? It was really interesting to me and I haven't done any more research on their actual three act task, but we just found out that on the eleventh day you get ten dollars and twenty four cents. And only one student said 
Do I have to add what I've already gotten? Wow. So I just reworded the question. On which day would you get more than $10? Yeah. Um, Because my goal was exponents and not adding all of of that. Because then the next question says, would you rather have a million dollars or continue this pattern for one month? So now I've given you all the qualifying stuff. You get a penny a day. It doubles each day. And we're going to do it for a month. Mm-hmm. And on the 28th day, you have more than a million dollars. Wow. And on 31 days, you have 10 million, more than $10 million. Wow. So were they using a calculator to do all of that? Well, this, the second class, the first time I did it, I didn't give them calculators. My goal was, but I have a college kid in there who... He just loves math. He loves numbers. Is this the same guy from last semester? Yes. Okay. Same guy from last semester. So he's like on the whiteboard in the back of the room hiding his answers. Mm-hmm. But he's using a calculator. Okay. And he's got the right answer. So he's like, can I tell him? Can I tell him <laughs> instead of the slide? Um, and so my question, I didn't even plan it this way, was what do you think Blake put in the calculator? Okay. You, I just want you to write the problem. What do you think he did? And I was so excited how many students knew he had to write 0.01 times 2 times 2 times 2 times 2 times 2 times 2. Okay. And then I got to say to Blake, is that what you did? And he was like, no, I used the scientific calculator. And he got to do his little intro of this is an exponent. And oh. so, okay. So on a scientific calculator, he just hit 0.01 times 2 exponent button to the 30th power. Wow. Okay. It's been so long since I've really dealt. Jay's laughing at me already. <laughs> Her Thanks. face just stopped. Because like, <laughs> uh. I started. Can you go back? I'm sorry. Yeah. I, so tell me, tell me some more about the math. That's the part that I'm like, well, I'm the struggling problem with. that you actually would do. And this is on the like it's written out for them so it's not something that they're having to follow or see but you are doing one hundredth or one cent okay times two okay let me can i'm gonna write it down so that would give me two pennies yes okay then what so one hundredth times two okay to the 30th power okay but tell me about Gosh, Ruth, you're you're stumping me. If we were on the run, I we would probably be talking about this the whole rest <laughs> of the time. So, walk me through the pattern, like for the first couple of days before you go jump to the third to the times or to the whatever power you just said. So the second, the third day is four cents. Yeah, and, and then, then eight cents, and then sixteen cents, and then thirty-two cents. But I'm still not. And now, tell me what you said. He. I'm embarrassed that I don't know this. It's why I haven't taught. I mean, but you know what? So we're, it's, this is probably what it sounds like to other people when we talk about multiplying decibels and we haven't (laughs) gone there. So tell me what, tell me again what he said. That what, what did he type in the calculator? One cent times two. Mm -hmm. And then he was doing the whole thing, that whole amount to the whatever power. Or the two to the something power. To the two to the something power. So the equation is, 0.01 0.01 parentheses 2 raised to the 30th power. Times 2 raised to the 30th power. So that gives you 30 days. 
Oh, I just got it. I I had to see it. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, yeah, thank you. We have a winner. (laughs) So it comes from... I was... All right. I was trying to, like, square the part, the penny part, but it's, like, because when you look at four cents, that is one cent times two times two, if I was going to write out an expression Mm -hmm. for that. And that's what is originally shown it says one cents times two 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 so they have 32s okay written on their paper okay and you see these students like counting on their fingers to make sure that they have 31 or 32s written and so then we say how could you put all that to? Yeah, well, I just tell them. Okay. Because that's not something you discover unless right. you've already know. But, but you've discovered the need for it. Exactly. And yeah. mathematicians have a need for being able to talk about big numbers. Mm-hmm. And that's why you don't hear people say octillion and novillium. Like <laughs> the students want to know how you keep counting and mm-hmm. how big those numbers get. But I'm like, you know what? We just say 10 to the 27th power. That helps us know how big the number mm-hmm. is. I had a kid come to me yesterday with like a, a number that I, is, is octillion a word? Is yes. that a, okay? Well, he came to me with a number like that. He's like, "What number is this?" I'm like, "Oh my gosh, okay, thousands, millions, <laughs> billions, trillions." And it really was octillions. That's funny that you say that. He was like, "Yeah, you're right." I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> so that's kind of the whole process we go to, and I just tell them mathematicians don't really care about those numbers yeah they you know and they love to know that google is a real number and can you google it and they love just talking about big numbers and thinking about it but they understand being able to write it concise is i think um to go back to my confusion when you were this is part of a of us doing math verbally and not visually is when you said that they would type in their calculator one cent times two times two times two. What I was picturing was, you know, 0. 0.10 times two. And then I was just picturing the equals, 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 how how you would like multiply by two. So I wasn't seeing it in my mind as a whole row of twos beside each other. Got you. And probably in a scientific calculator, it does order of operations for you. And so it evaluated that exponent. Yeah, I was pl- I was placing some parentheses that weren't there. Wow. Precision of language there, friend. Or whatever. Um, okay, I learned something. Yay. So how much money was that? So $10.24 is like 11 days. How much money was... After a month. Oh, it was like million. $10 million something, something, something in 76 I'll take that cents. one. I mean, I have You're going to go with that I'll one? I'll take that one instead. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. So um, I have a good question, but I do want to say that um, One Grain of Rice, do you know that book? I do know that book, and I put it on hold at the library, and it came in and didn't use it. Never went to <laughs> because it. this is the same. Do you remember Jay when you recorded me doing? I a... was thinking that earlier. This is the lesson you did, or similar lesson you did that Ruth and I both recorded you. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, you were too. there. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. And I, that was what I remembered. Like I got to read this book, and there's another one, and yeah, I just dropped the ball. So the cool thing about one grain of rice is if you are. We used it for kind of like patterns, right? Right. I mean, wasn't that what I was going with? Um, and there was a fourth grader in that class who just jumped all over the exponents, which was kind of cool. Um, but if you don't want to have, if you want to do the same kind of investigation, but not have to worry about decimals, that's a whole number 
process, you know, because there's one piece of rice and then it goes doubles to two pieces of rice instead of one penny. That's a hundredth. So if somebody wanted to use that one, I'm not, I'm not suggesting for you. I'm just suggesting for somebody who might be listening who are like, well, that had decimals in it and we're not there yet. So the, I just want to say one more thing about exponents. The thing we did the next day was we just created with calculators in groups, a pattern that showed or a chart that showed patterns of exponents. So they got a pattern that said two to the fifth, two to the fourth, two to the third, two to the second, two to the first, and then it stopped. And there were three boxes left. Cool. So first we had to find the pattern of exponents and they got two to the zero fairly easily. And then they kind of were like, is there a negative exponent? So we found the exponent patterns and we understood that. So now we pulled out our calculator and I said, I would like for you to leave the two to the zero power, all the zero power ones and all the negative ones empty um, and fill in the rest. So Mm -hmm. we were just repeated multiplication with our calculators. Mm -hmm. And then we came back as a class and I said, let's talk about what patterns you see. Um, And we got all kinds of different things that they saw. Pretty cool stuff. And I said, so if we multiplied to fill this out, what should we do Mm -hmm. to go this way? And we were able to divide. So we went through the pattern. Eight divided by two is four. Four divided by two is two. What's two divided by two? And lots of high achieving students already knew that two to the zero power was going to be zero. Wow. So they are yelling out the wrong. Wait, wait, they're yelling out the wrong answer. Love it. (laughs) And the other students are like, Two divided by two is one. And so there was so much like, oh, (laughs) I should, you know, I should listen. I should pay attention Uh kind of instead of just assuming. And so we talked for a long time about how that would be an easy mistake, but why it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of like Tracy was just trying to correct you in the middle of your sentence. I know. I was like, that's not right. (laughs) (laughs) So we were able to see that when something is to the zero power, you are dividing it by the base, and it's always going to be one. Cool. Um, and then that took us into negative exponents, where yeah. we continue that division process. So if I have one and I'm going to divide it by two, what does that equal? And they off the calculators, and they're saying 0.5. And I'm like, but watch how easy this is. I'm just going to write the problem, one divided by two, and it ends up as a fraction. As a fraction. Yeah. And again, they're kind of like, wow. So we were able to, you know, if you think you really have this, then what's two to the negative fifth power? And Mm -hmm. they were able to use the chart they had in Uh, front of them. So so cool. Lots of fun. So is this, um, is that whole pattern chart thing something you've ever done before? Have you used that? Okay. I, I do that. It's not my objective. I mean, my objective is for them to be able to do squares and cubes. Right. You know, yeah. But I show them. And this is probably not very nice to say, but because I want them to know the why. Yeah. And I know where they're going. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to get much of they the why. They get anything to the zero power is one. You have to remember it. Memorize it. Isn't that in Tracy Zager's book, the the place where Oh, that's where the she, exact. Yeah. The where, exact she's, where she's like retells a story of being really frustrated about that thing where the teacher was like, it's one period. And, and likely the teacher didn't know, you know, that's what, when I studied, when I read that, I was like, 
that's probably where why she, why she got cut off. Like it just is just memorize it ball because um, the teacher didn't know. And and I'm gonna be honest, I didn't hadn't really seen that whole work the pattern backwards down the table until the last couple of years. Like I don't know that I knew. I had this revelation of exponent rules. So exponent rules say that if you are going to divide exponents, like two to the fifth power divided by two to the fourth power. Hold on, I'm gonna write so it write down. that as a fraction. To, okay, two, two, two to the, the fifth, fifth over divided by two to the fourth. Okay. The exponent rule is that you subtract the exponents. Yeah. So you end up with two to the first power. Yeah. Well, if you have two to the fifth over two to the fifth, you subtract the exponents and you get two to the zero, which is one. Ooh, that's another good way to kind of prove but it. Two to the fifth over two to the fifth is a number one in disguise because the numerator and the denominator yeah. are the same. So it has to equal one. Right. So even if you don't do the pattern, the pattern's so much better. But yeah, it's another way to kind of like prove it to yourself. To confirm that when the top and bottom number are the same, it equals mm -hmm. one and you it doesn't equal zero. So two to the zero power would be that's cool. One. You could write a some kind of algebraic proof about that, you know, here. Well, you could in your spare time, you know. <laughs> right. So I just was excited that I could share. Yeah. You know, and sometimes even as sixth graders, they are so ready for mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Even though this is the very first time a lot of them have heard the word exponent. Yeah. I had like a science ex a science example of that. I'm allowed to talk about science for a second. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> we were... Um, Talking about static, and they needed the very basics about atoms, um, protons, neutrons, electrons, losing electrons, and that like imbalance kind of thing is what's causing static. Um, but we had drawn an atom, and I just wanted them to see that based on however many protons you drew, that determines what atom you actually drew. And so I popped up the periodic table, and some of them were like sucking it up like a sponge. One boy, you know, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, you got to wait. So we got to that point, and I was like, okay, you can go, because this was, I'm telling, thinking in my mind, this is extra. And he was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'll stay. <laughs> he stayed for the <laughs> periodic table. He was so excited about it. <laughs> but we talked, I mean, we talked about, um, the atomic number and we talked about how all the did you know all the magnetic metals are like right beside each other the the three are there and what was the one other thing that i told them i don't know and then they started asking questions and i'm like oh it's been too long we're moving on <laughs> that was really terrible of me um but it's another one of those like some of them were so ready and they wanted to hear it um and so sometimes you throw those things out just to excite those kids you know all right so do you can I ask a, a way back question? Yeah. You want to say anything about your exam? Any like goods or bads mm. or do we not want to bring that I up? I mean, we can. We can say that it's not how we teach. It's how I'm required to give a test. And I don't do a whole lot of multiple choice in class. And then when the exam has to be multiple choice and it's put in front of them, they stop showing their work. Mm. Like prime example. Find the average amount. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what one of the multiple choice problem answers the is? The sum. The sum. And they stop because they see the answer that they have on their paper is Ugh. one that they have on their test. Yeah. Womp womp. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, let's not talk about that. You got mad. <laughs> I just wonder if there's anything like, woohoo. But I mean, they were, there was success yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, in fact, I have a student whose mom was like, 
you have to stay after school with Mrs. Z every day. Mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you have to stay till four o'clock because mm-hmm. you are struggling. Um, and she's my new best friend. She's mm-hmm. like, Missy, I sure do like coming after school. Yay. Because when it's just you and me, I just learn it so much better. And she got a B on her exam. Oh, she's good. never gotten a B on her exam. Yeah. Um, and then a side note, she said, Mrs. Z, when my birthday comes, it's on a weekend, so you guys are going to have to celebrate it um, during the week. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. Do you have a teacher that celebrates birthdays in the classroom? Like, I was legitimately confused. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, you know, when they decorate our lockers for us. Does someone do that? Um, your friends oh, do that. Not your teacher. So <laughs> are you made you're going to do it y'all. to decorate her you're locker. So good. Yeah. That's like, sweet. it'll probably be something she remembers mm-hmm. the rest of her life. Yeah. And if we forget, it will be something she remembers. Yeah. The rest well, of her life. Don't forget. Yeah. Gotta say a little Google reminder. <laughs> All right. So um I have been like I said before, are we ready for me to start? Yeah. We okay. Are ready. We we um we have been moving from that transition between decimal place value and into decimal computation. And I was dra- kind of dragging my feet because I could still see some kids having some misconceptions about um, the place value, you know? Um, so it was kind of a slow move into that. And also we were coming back and they might've regressed a little bit after two weeks. Um, and I was thinking about how, if you know how sometimes people are posting on Twitter or Facebook, they're like, I just got some money. What manipulative should I get? Do you see that question a lot? I do too. And I, decimal squares is like an actual kit. Do you have the kit? Okay. If I, that's one of those things that I would now suggest to somebody. And I don't know that it's a very common thing. Where did yours, was yours just in your room? Did you abscond with yours from (laughs) somewhere else? You and I got those together because, oh, it was kind of like a hands-on equations thing where you and I went somewhere because we both ended up with a pack. I do not remember that at all, but okay. Because I I remember thinking, I need to take these. Yeah. Okay. Well, someone else might not know how to use them. Exactly. And I do. That's one. It's one of these <laughs> things that looks old. Like it, it's just not flashy and new, you know, but it's just, it's called decimal squares and we'll put a link on the show notes. But if I was going to teach decimals, like start over and teach decimals somewhere else, I wouldn't be prepared to teach it without this kit of stuff. And basically it's just two sets of cards, square cards that are, the red cards are tenths, the green cards are hundredths, and the yellow cards are thousandths. And both sets of cards match the coloring, which really starts to help the students. The square cards are the models, like the flats, where the flat is a hole and they're marked with, you know, tenths, like three tenths or red, three rods or whatever. And then same with the yellows and or same with the hundredths and same with the thousands. I'm not sure I'm explaining this very well. Yeah, but then there's right. but then there's like playing sides cards that match those and they have the number form so it'll say 0.3 for three tenths it has the fraction on it three out of ten and it has the word form so those smaller playing size cards have all three of those oh see i don't have that set i only have the square ones just the squares yeah yeah. so there's a matching set so that's where i first start my one of the first tasks i do is just here have the the two sets of cards and match them up and put them in order. And I don't have all of them so, or, or I don't, they've gotten mixed up. So it's like, ah, I have an extra, which is kind of good. Like this right. interesting process. Um, and so, and then there's a teacher's guide. There's all kinds of other, you know, bells and whistles that go with it. But if I was going to 
if somebody asked me today, what would you be the thing you'd ask I, ask for? I'd get the two sets of cards and then this um, the book. And um, so the back of the – I don't lose the lessons, but the back of the book – do you have the book? I don't have the book okay, either. It's like a teacher's guide. And the back of the book has just games, tons of games that you play with the cards that you have oh, in wow. the set. And so we played two games that I'll quickly describe because even if you don't have the book. And you know what? Even if you didn't have the 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 cards, you could make a set of decimal cards. Right. But there's probably out there out of cardstock or something. Um, but one was just a guessing game where you it's high-low. And so you've pulled a card. That's your secret card. And then... I have I have to guess what it is, and all of the cards are between zero and one, so I would say five tenths, and you'd say higher or lower, and you would keep going until you get to the secret number. But if it's a t- card that's in the tenths, you only get three guesses. If it's a card that's to the hundreds, you get four guesses, and if it's a card that's to the thousands, you get six guesses. Um, and we had a great conversation about why it makes more sense for me to start with five tenths as my first guess, then two-tenths or eight-tenths. And see, you're learning. You're telling the kids strategy instead of just beating them. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you took that from last week. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I had a takeaway. I, I listened to your takeaway, Ruth. <laughs> um, so that was a really interesting discussion. And then from there, where's the halfway point? And some of them really were stuck on, like, they wanted to guess seven tenths or eight tenths. And I kept saying, how about you guess 75 hundredths, you know? Um, they got the five tenths part. The second step, they weren't quite so, like, they didn't believe me so much. But that's been a game that they've, we've kept on playing. Like, they, one kid asked me to play it yesterday during bus dismissal. And I was like, uh, yes, yes, I'll play. Yes, I should play <laughs> this math game with you if you're asking me to play a math game when you have free time, of course. Do they know going into it whether it's a tenth, a hundredth, or a thousandth? They do. Yeah, okay. they can see the color. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, which, yes, they do. That was a good question. Um, because they can see the back of the card that you're holding on. Because to. if it's a tenth card, I wouldn't guess seventy five hundredths. You're right. You're right. But because you can't be right on that guess. But you can still have fifty hundredths on your green card, so it's still a good place to start. Five tenths want... makes sense, but right. I wouldn't go to then to seventy five hundredths if it if I knew it was a tenth card. Six or seven tenths, eight tenths, and nine tenths. Well, you're right, because then then that leaves Because had six... it been seven-tenths, I'd have gotten it. But had I guessed 75 hundredths, okay. I still wouldn't have gotten it. You know what? So you you convinced me. Yeah, you convinced me that I would ask for... Because there's two digits, two numbers on the cards to the left of 75 hundredths and two to the right. You might as well try. Yeah, that's a good point. Are you following that thinking? Yes. Yeah, Okay. Um, I might have to share that with them, JJ. I'm telling them. I, hey, this time, Mr. Prophet will know something I know, about math. I and then always, instead of being the clueless person who knows no math. Yeah, that, I always use him as the person who doesn't know math, who makes the mistakes. So maybe I'll tell him you've said something smart. Good job. <laughs> They'll be excited. They'll be proud of you. <laughs> they do come up and laugh at me when they meet me in real no, life. No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> so the second one was is Desio, and it's a lot like Racco. Do you know that game? Oh, I saw your tweet about that. Yeah, so you, you lay down five. Five card. You play four against four 
three other people in a group of four. You lay down five cards and you don't rearrange them. You just lay them face up however they are. And then you can ex you have to pick the top card off the pile and exchange one of the numbers and put it back until you get them in order from least to greatest or greatest to least. So that's the, the fun strategy part of it is look at your cards and are they mostly in order this way or are they mostly in order like left to right? And, you know, yes, you might have um, 95 hundredths in the second to last spot. So big numbers are over there, but are you going to find anything in the pack that's bigger than 95 hundredths? I don't think so. I'm not sure there is anything bigger in the pack. So you have, there's like some probability going on. And so everything is always, um, switching the card. Yes. You can't ever switch down at your, at your set of okay. five. You can only switch from the pile each and you have to switch each time from the pile. So we play similar to that, um, decimal golf okay. and your choice is, to draw from the pile you can see, okay. draw from the pile you can't see, or switch to that you have. Yeah. So you have more choices there, but the idea is still the same to create. Right. Yeah, that's good. Them in order. And there were some kids, and it's it's at that point that they started to draw some conclusions about how to order decimals because they were having to, or compare in order, because they, who knows what colors you're going to get down here. So you could have reds, greens, and yellows. And so some of them started to think about, thinking about, a tenths card as hundredths some and some of that so or, or thousandths you know mm -hmm. if you had four tenths and you're trying to compare it to these other things think about it like 40 hundredths or 400 thousandths um but some kids were instead i love it they were like cover they would say cover up these and just look at that you know they're not you saying the tenths digit but right but the point is that they're comparing tenths digits by covering up and then moving the their way down yeah oh that's cool so that it's a prime example of how I used to teach, let me teach you the rules of comparing decimals and then let's play this game. But I've, I flipped that. I now let me, let's try it and then go back and say, what are the, what are the rules that we've come up with? You know, it felt right. I think there are still some kids that are confused and that's where your remediation, my remediation now becomes more straightforward, you know? Right. Like, let me tell you the rules. Right. But you can reference, remember when we were playing the game and you saw your classmate moving mm -hmm. their hand? Mm -hmm. Why do you think they were doing that? Why does that match what I'm showing you right here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, I think I'm getting it. It's working. In, this, in these particular cases, it was working. Um, so then I had them use Mr. Profit as the example, and I had them write the rules that they would give Mr. Profit for comparing decimals. He forgot how to do it. And what are you <laughs> going to get him to do? And I used the whole vertical, non-permanent whiteboard idea, which says that kids, their ideas flow faster if they're working vertically on, on a whiteboard and not just paper. There's some research about that that we'll link. Um, they were okay. I, I, it wasn't like, you know. Tweetable. Yeah, it wasn't as awesome as that it was wasn't great. tweetable. Way to be honest there, Ruth. It wasn't as great as I thought it was going to be. Um, but you know what? We haven't done a lot of that yet. So, of course, it's not going to be awesome. But I, I did write down two that I wanted to share. One group named their poster, it you know, said at the top, like ordering decimals. And then it said the make your way down method. 
And so they named their method, which what they were saying is compare your whole numbers, then move your way down the number, then compare your tenths place, then compare your hundreds place. So that group really got it. And it was understandable. Some groups were just like, they threw up decimals on the board, <laughs> just like all over the place and you can't really follow it. So there were a couple. Um, but then there was another team where the student knew, and I could tell which student it was that wrote this based on handwriting and, you know, just how neat it was. Oh, but sure. um, the, she was she was suggesting the method of like putting more zeros in the number to make them have the same place values so that you can compare them. So it, nine tenths make it nine hundred thousandths and then compare that to thousands. She was suggesting that one. But she was saying multiply it by ten to make it oh because somewhere along the lines you just put the zeros on the end when you multiply by 10 yeah yeah so she she was like taking what was the right thing to say for whole numbers you know like it if you're gonna go from 9 to 90 you can't just say put a zero on the end you have to say multiply by 10 um but she was writing not like for example nine tenths times 10 is the same. It's still equal to 90 hundredths. So, gosh, I was like, you're so close. And I understand exactly where your mistake came from, but you're not right. Nine tenths times 10 is not 90 hundredths. Um, so that was the value of this whole thing to me was, was uncovering some misconceptions. Um, and I thought about doing that whole conversation with the class. And then I was like, no, they're going to get really lost. So I, I just pulled that one student and talked to her about it. And, um, she's so receptive. She was like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Got it. And I think she's got it. Um, I know it was almost out of a place of obedience. Like she was trying to be obedient to what we did to whole numbers, right? you know, knowing this student. Um, so I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about that while I'm thinking about what to say next? <laughs> well, I do have something completely off because you Go said um, one of those things that you just learn, like, ooh, this is a good mistake. Well, I did a Greg Tang puzzle, mm. and the first line said 11 times a snowflake equals 9 times a snowman. Mm -hmm. We'll put this on the show notes. So I somebody... had so many students, even in sixth grade, who said, I didn't even try it because 11 times something can't equal 9. So the whole equation balance thing that you said you were helping your second grade teachers mm -hmm. understand was boom, right in wow. my face when I sent that riddle home and said, it's completely optional if you want something to do over the weekend, because hmm. everyone in the public schools are going back to school. Here's something for you to do. Mm -hmm. There was someone in every class when I just said, if you tried it. Talk to me about what you did, when you quit. Mm -hmm. And there were kids who... So to me, that says when we talk about equations, we have to go back to that whole three plus two equals four plus one. Wow. So they were they were thinking about it like, what was the numbers? 11 times something equals nine. And, and then, then they stopped. But then they would, they would maybe have explained it like, take the nine and then multiply that answer times something. Mm -hmm. wow. Or just not understanding that when there's an equal mark, the things on both sides have to yeah. equal. And I sent that Greg Ting puzzle, assuming that everyone would know that. Yeah. But Christmas tree times Christmas tree equals snowman. Mm -hmm. Well, there's nothing there. So you can't do any math. Mm -hmm. 
you know, to subtract the other mm-hmm. one. So wow. just for them not to even have a strategy to start yeah. means they don't understand. It, it yeah. uncovered a misconception. Which is what teaching is about. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those misconceptions don't ever come out if you don't put yourself up for, we're going to try this. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Exactly. So. Yeah, that's good. Um, So then I needed to go into adding. We were we were pretty much ready to start adding decimals. And I was going to use blackjack because that's a game that my kids already love to play with with cards. Like that's their go-to at the end of the day. They just want to play blackjack. And I didn't teach them. They just know how to play it. And and I had been telling them we're going to play blackjack with the decimal cards. Yes. And they were like, "Okay, great." So, we were going to go there, but right at this right time, I read a tweet from Marilyn Burns. It was actually, I think, an old um post i'm not really sure did you did you read the Mm-mm. did you read it okay so she puts up um she the, the whole premise is tell them the answer first and then see if they can kind of come up with the problem that was the premise of her oh i did post. see that yeah yeah so I did see that. so what she started with was she put on the board an equation and she asked is this does this seem reasonable to you and the qu- equation is 100 and we'll link this whole blog post 123 plus 47 plus nine equals 179, 179. And it is exactly, it's, you know, it's, and, but I was really trying to get them to estimate. Some kids were like, I know, cause that's exactly right. I did it in my head. Um, but I like, <laughs> tell me some estimation strategies. And some of them were obedient. <laughs> um, so then you like reveal the net. I revealed the a low a row below, and it, this time it says one hundred twenty three plus forty seven plus nine. So the same exact numbers equals two and sixty hundredths. And they're like laughing at me. They're like, we know it's one hundred seventy nine. Of course it's not two and sixty hundredths. But but then I would you know push a little more. Like tell me another way, and they would say, well, your numbers that you're starting with are bigger than the ones on the you know, then the answer. And I said, you're right, that some of the add-ins are already bigger than the sum, trying to get them to use some mathematical language. Right. Um, And then I I actually think some kids were on to me at that point. But, but I was like, wait, don't steal my thunder. <laughs> oh, I, I think there was one kid in both classes that was on to me. But I was like, what I ended up saying was, I wrote this equation and then Trip came along and erased the decimal points. There were decimals in each one of these numbers. And he erased them. We need to figure out where to put them in order to get this to be correct, to be an equation that, that balances. And so what they're trying to do is put a decimal in one. 123 somewhere so you can make it 123 thousandths or you can make it one and 23 hundredths or whatever and they had to do that so that it would equal two and 60 hundredths and this is my favorite moment of the whole week is that some kids got it right away okay great but some kids um wrote the nine to be nine tenths but then they ended up adding it into the hundredths place they put the they mm. they wrote it as nine tenths but when they added it because they were lining it up on the right hand side like you do with whole numbers it was they were adding it as hundredths and it wasn't working out it you actually get one and 79 hundredths the, the same as the whole number that you had before oh. and then there's kids beside them that have the exact same decimals they have one in 23 hundredths and 47 hundredths and nine tenths, but they got two in 60 hundredths. And so they were really like 
upset because I did it and I got one one in seventy nine hundreds and you have the same numbers as me and you got two in sixty hundreds. How can that be? And they were mad. Like the a couple kids were mad. And they even said it. They would think it through. I had one kid. He thought it through, ver like horizontally. He was thinking about the size of the pieces and he got two and sixty hundreds. But he said, I wrote it vertically and I didn't get the same thing. It doesn't work when you do it vertically. I'm like, whoa, that's like so interesting wow. that that's the conclusion you came to, that it, you can't do it vertically. You have to think about it horizontally, you know. So then like right at that point where those kids are getting really frustrated because they can't get it to work. We all came to the carpet and then we did it with um place with blocks we, we modeled it and as soon as we when I had like a huge um place value chart and so I was laying the pieces down on the place value chart and when they when we got to that point of adding the nine tenths they saw that really they had added it to the hundredths place and those are really tenths not hundredths so the light bulb went off so fast for most of them and and they even said, line up, like, line up the decimals. I hadn't said that at any point, but I had kids that said, oh, sorry, um, line up the decimals. And I would say, yes, line up the place values. We're going to try to get the place values in the same column. Um, so I'm glad I I made the need for the rule. Yeah. You know? That's really Or awesome. the puzzle did, not me. But the puzzle made the need for why we have to line them up. It was good. It was good. That's awesome. Um. So then we did play blackjack and and so play blackjack is still Well, you use the same you say you use the same cards. We went to 2 just oh, because gotcha. it's okay. kind of easier to estimate, I think. My my kids are a little bothered by that. They really wanted it to be 2 and one tenth. I'm like, "Fine, play it that way. I don't care." <laughs> um, but you use the same cards, but I'm using the playing cards ones, not the square ones. And so on the playing card ones, do you know if you're getting a tenth or hundredth? Are they colored too? Mm -hmm. Oh, so the yeah. backs of them still tell yeah. you. Okay. And they were really convinced. I'm glad you asked that because they were really convinced that knowing what color was going to come next was going to be like an advantage. But I was thinking it's not too much of an advantage because there's still big numbers and small numbers on each mm -hmm. one. So we did investigate that for a little bit. And, and, I'm still not sure if it matters. Here's here's what I do know is that there are less tenths. You know, there's only one tenth, two tenths, three, all the way up to nine tenths. So if I'm looking for a small card, then there's only like two or three choices that are small. But I still have kind of like a 50% chance of getting a small, right? And, I, and don't I have a 50% chance on all of them? Does it matter, like, the amount? Mm. I don't know. Right? Are you following me? Unless you're counting cards and you... Well, I was thinking that, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking if you were if you were counting cards, that might help. Like, I already have the, the one-tenth in my hand. I'm not going to get the one-tenth again, except for that the cards get all mixed up. And so right. <laughs> they're not together. Huh. I don't know. That was a, a cool conversation. So that's Blackjack. Did I give enough an explanation? Yeah. They still like to play it. We also tried... One, uh, our very first like whole class exemplars and it was um a bit of a hot mess so i'm gonna not talk about it until i get a better one done or <laughs> um that's a, a problem solving program that we've gotten and um, we started it but we just we need to do a couple more before we we i can tell you about that on the next run okay <laughs> um 
we did a team games tournament, teams games tournament. I just wanted to mention that because, and that we did it for science. Here I am again talking about science. This is not science before breakfast, but <laughs> whatevs. Um, and it's a, re- it's just a review strategy. That's all it is. Um, and it's a cooperative and competition at the same time. And I just wanted to throw it out there in case somebody's looking for another way to review. Um, I know you've used it too, right? Yeah, and they love it. And I'll I'll explain it, and then you tell me how you've changed it a little bit. But basic, uh, you can read about it. But I will quickly explain that you get home teams, and the home teams are your teams that you're trying to get points for. And I would group those um, heterogeneously. So there, I just looked at their last science quiz and kind of ordered them least to greatest. And a team would be like a low, middle, and high scorer. Um, and they are studying together. So they have the study guide and they're reviewing, asking each other questions, trying to prep everybody, not just themselves, because they want their teammates to do really well. Mm-hmm. And then you go to your competition or your tournament teams, and those are grouped homogeneously. So if I scored super high on my last science quiz, then I am going to be competing with kids that are that also scored really high. That way, it's not really like you're going trying to go fast against them. It's just... Um, that you are not going to be embarrassed if there's somebody in your team that gets every single in your competition group that gets every single one right and you're missing some. You're going to be about the same level as the people that you're playing against. And so then I just have I have three people in a competition team. One person has the question sheet, one person has the answer sheet, and one person has a cup of numbers. So the kid takes the the kid with the cup of numbers takes the number out of the cup, and that's the question number that they get asked from the from the other two sheets. So the kid with the question sheet asks question number five. If I pulled five out of the cup, I say my answer, and then you have the answer key, and that's the other kid, and they say whether I'm right or not. If I'm right, then I get to keep the number, and that's a point. If I'm wrong, we put it back in the cup because. And we say the right answer, and then somebody could get it the next time. So we're going to hear the question, the hard questions a couple times. Then we rotate jobs. I passed you the cup. You passed me the paper. Mm-hmm. You passed the paper. And now a new kid is going to pull a number. New kid's going to ask a question. New kid's going to tell the answer. And so we keep we keep the jobs rotating consistently until the end of the time. We didn't get through all the questions, so that's okay. Um, and then we take our points that we earned. So if I earned four points, then I take those back to my home team, and that's how many points my home team won. So your home team comes back with the kid from the highest group and the middle group and the lowest group and put those points together. So they, you know, the kids who liked competition were motivated. The kids who were like sticklers and were mad about, you didn't say exactly the right thing. It was a little bit, you know, stressful for those people um, and me in that case. (laughs) Um, But it's just a good way to review. So you do it, but you've done it a little differently, right? Right. So I like the idea of the numbers and the cups and that kind of thing, but I typically have your home teams and I give them a specific skill like um, adding fractions. Okay. You make up whatever problems you want and you have this much time to teach, make sure everyone at your table knows how to add fractions. Okay. Now you're going to go to your competition team and I might just say two different questions And everybody in the whole room is doing them at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking around saying, whoever got this answer first is the winner. Whoever got this answer first is the winner. Whoever got this one first. So it is a speed kind of thing. In that that situation, it is. And then um, 
And maybe that's because that's just how it's been ingrained for so long. And it's mm-hmm. hard to get away from class games. That speed isn't yeah. part of it, yeah. you know, but that's how I've played. And the table that's homogeneously grouped with your kids who scored low on that, mm-hmm. everybody's working because they still feel like there's a chance yeah. that it could be them. And so yeah. that's why it didn't feel like it was timed because they really didn't seem to care that the table beside them got it faster. No one at their table yeah. had gotten it yeah. faster. So it, it it decreases the stress right. of speed because you are better matched against some people in your tournament team. Yeah. But I do like that whole draw a number, get a point yeah. kind of thing. And for me, it's a movement thing because you are going back to your home team. Go compete. Go back to your home team. Go compete. We're moving back and forth oh, I see. the whole time Yeah, for each skill. So we added fractions. Now go back to your seat and remind how to turn a fraction into a decimal. Mm-hmm. Okay, go compete for that skill. Yeah. So, But maybe you could do it like take a little bit longer and review all three of these skills and then have them on right, your comp- go compete. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's it, as I looked on the on the internet to try to remember exactly how to do it, there were lots of different ways that people had kind of arranged it. So, those are good thoughts. Um I think we should probably wrap it up, friend. What do you think? Well, what's today's number? So you're you're like, "Oh, there's one more thing on your list. You yeah. can't leave it off." <laughs> so, it's just um I saw a tweet from Tracy Zager recently where she was in like a second grade class and it had a, a they were doing the today's number routine, which is like today's number is nine. What are all the equations that you can come up with that equal nine? And she was just like the tweet was kind of like I'm reminded what a good what a good number sense routine this is. So the mm-hmm. kids are, you know, one plus eight, two plus seven, and then they start to go into subtraction and, you know, and that's there's a whole big section in her book about that and, and how to, that was on the feedback part, right? About how to right. give feedback to encourage them to keep in um challenging themselves. And so I needed a warm up that didn't take too long and frustrated anybody. And so that was my warm up one day this week was, so today's number was nine and I encouraged them to try to use, to try to put some decimals in there. And some of them did it. It was really cool. Um, Oh, I thought I had an example, but I didn't. One kid said he had four decimals that he, that he added up to nine, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, he, I asked him, I wish I'd recorded. I'd asked him to explain, how did you get to that? Like, what was the process? Because that's a lot of thinking to to get four to add up to nine. And he just did a beautiful example, a beautiful job of like, I like these two numbers. So I started with these and then I knew I had that. And then I needed to make a big kind of like his meaning was kind of like a big jump. And then he thought about what else he had left to go till nine. It was cool. And another girl multiplied. She did um, maybe two or something and three tenths times three she started with that and I was like tell me about that and she had it right and I think she was kind of using the distributive property without naming it that multiplying the whole number and then multiplying the tenths and getting it right which we haven't done yet oh so it's just it's a great um low floor high ceiling look Jerry we threw it in there for you just in case you were missing it (laughs) yep um 
we we it's a good low floor high ceiling because they can they can challenge themselves with where they are mathematically and know? so maybe today's number is nine tenths Ooh, oh, I might dang. use that yeah that'd be good and do they have it in their journal that they can look at what they did yesterday? Yes. Like if four plus five was your equation mm-hmm. equals nine, mm-hmm. how can you do that with decimals? Okay. All right. That's what I'm going to do. Thanks. I hadn't figured out what my warm up was going to be today. So Check. thank you. Yeah. Okay. All right. So takeaways, right? Am I giving you your takeaway again? I'm not prepared for that. <laughs> we did that last week. That was a little stressful. <laughs> Just kidding. It was good. So... My takeaway is the Teams Games Tournament. Okay. You're going to revisit that idea. Yeah. I'm just going to think about how I can do it. I, I don't know. I guess the competitive person in me is likes the whole element of speed. And mm-hmm. I will say that my students like that the scores continue through the whole day. Mm-hmm. So this table is team one, home team. Mm-hmm. And they don't have assigned seats. So whenever you come in... Ah! They sit at the top team. <laughs> Whoever, well, I mean, I switch your home teams, right? They don't yeah. automatically come in and sit, but it's just kind of really cool. And you have some kids who are like, who cares if we're team two and we're the underdogs? Let's go ahead and get them caught up. Cool. So That's it's like fun. an all day thing. And you don't really know if you won or lost because you don't really know how many your team got. Yeah. You know, it's like 32 to something at the end of the day. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm going to revisit it with. Maybe there's merit in letting you get it if you get it right. Mm-hmm. It it does take more work on the on the front side of preparing the questions, preparing the answers, um, but it might take out that speed element. Yeah. Awkward pause because I don't know my takeaway yet. Hold on. You just got your takeaway. You're going to do your warm up today with nine. Okay, tenths. great. Thank you. Great. That's <laughs> it. I'm going to take the next step and continue with that really good idea of today's number and making it match <laughs> what we're doing okay great there you go that's my my takeaway jj you got a takeaway nope no okay that's all right um all right well it's been good and i'll see you tomorrow on a run finally finally <laughs>